Welcome back to Detroit Strange. This podcast now in 2022 style. Yes, it is now 2022, which is crazy. I don't know about you, but it's crazy that it's 2022. Oh, it's insane. I have no idea what happened. to 2021 was the longest year and the shortest year all at the same time simultaneously somehow. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what happened. It's just like time is just got so out of whack. It makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever, but we're here. Right. So that's neat. Yeah. New year, new me. Oh, yes. New year, same me. Yeah. <laughs> new year, New York is, you know. Yeah. New York. New York. New, new York. York. Yeah. Yeah. But the end of 2021 brought a lot of, actually a lot of nice things. Yes. Yeah. You, Minus Betty White's death. Yeah. That was, that was, of course it had to happen just like the last day of 2020. Just like really kick us one last time. It was the worst birthday present I've ever received. Yeah. Real unfortunate. Yeah. But I, on the silver lining, I will, on my birthday every year, I will get to celebrate Betty White. Absolutely. Because now I will definitely be doing that every year. Right. Your tradition, Betty White Marathon. Absolutely. I did start watching Golden Girls uh, on New Year's Eve. Yeah, I remember it was on when I came over. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. And then uh, New Year's Day, I watched The Proposal. Yep. Because she's in it. Yep. It's been a minute since I've seen that one, but it was one that I watched. I watched that one a few times, actually. Yeah. Um, I may or may not have purchased it on Amazon. Yeah, girl. So now I might own it for good. It's not a great movie, but I enjoy watching it. Fair. And I love Betty White's character in it. She just plays great. And Mary... Uh, Mary, uh, Mary Steenberger. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I adore her in everything she does as well. Oh, so. yeah. Yeah, it's just... It's like a fun romp. Yeah. It was like... um. Me and other jazz mm-hmm. watched Under the Tuscan Sun remotely yesterday. Oh, same thing. Yeah. Not a great movie, but love to watch it. Right. It's just like a fun romp. Oh, look, she's in Italy. She's doing crazy mm-hmm. things. It's the early 2000s. And in that. Sandra O's a lesbian. <laughs> in that same vein, too. In the, the Diane Lane Lane. Yeah. Vein Lane. Uh, the Lane main vein. Must Love Dogs. I also Never feel the that. same way about that movie. It's another not a great movie. But I'm entertained when I watch it. Fair. Yeah. I'm less interested in the Diane Lane as much as I am in the Tuscan Sun. Oh, no, I understand that. But yeah. John Cusack's in Must Love Dogs and, I, and he, he ups it for me. Yeah. And um, so is um, Rizzo. Stocker Channing. Thank you. Stocker Channing's also in Must Love Dogs and I adore her. I actually just watched a movie with her in it. I'll be it briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the First Wives Club. Have you seen it? Yes, I love yes. that movie. Me too. I showed it to Jen for the first time and she loved it. Okay. No, yeah. it's a, that's a solid, that's a good movie. That's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Very well done. Yeah. <laughs> I love when they sing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Diane Keaton, she gets into it. You don't own me. I'm just not one of your little joys. You, you don't, don't own me. me. Don't tell me <laughs> what, what to, to do. do. Don't, Don't tell, tell me what, what to say. say. And yeah. that was uh, Sing Sing Corner. Yeah, Sing with Corner. With Alex and Jess. Yeah. Trying to figure out a song. Yeah. <laughs> Stumbling our way through it every time. Stumbling our way. 
But yeah, all great movie. I I love movies that just make me feel good sometimes. Yeah. Damn. So. Yeah. All those are great choices. Yeah. You had some exciting news at the end. Oh yeah, my sister finally had her baby. Yeah. Yeah. The day before Christmas to Eve too. So just narrowly missed having a Christmas birthday, mm-hmm. but we'll take it. Yeah. So I mean, it happens. There's right there's end of the year, you know, Christmas birthdays all the time. Right. Oh, absolutely. You know, some wonderful Christmas people. My uncle was born on the 25th. That's the other thing I was like, I don't want to double up on these birthdays. Yeah. In our yeah. family, you know? Yeah. But I have a nephew now named Charlie. That's so cute. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, congrats to your whole family. Thanks. I'll accept on their behalf, even though I literally like least involved person in this whole thing. That's okay. Now you get to be Uncle Alex. That's pretty damn cool. That is. It's a good role to be. It really is. Yeah. (laughs) It's funny, too, because my my cousin had their second baby. Uh Uh-huh. Like a, a couple weeks before that. Yeah. So I've also been in in baby family mode. I mean, yep. my family's spread all over. But yeah. I did get to meet the baby, baby Luke. Aww. Very cute. Uh, and take baby photos, which was fun. Nice. Yeah. Babies all over. All the babies. All the babies everywhere. You know, people locked up. You gotta have babies. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, it's true. But yeah. So that's all wonderful news. We also had a really fun Eve, New Year's Eve Eve show. Yes, we really did. And it was it was a real trial because everything kept happening. Yeah. Uh, our rehearsal for in-person got canceled due to bad roads. Yep. Um, unfortunately, with a, a few COVID scares, because we we're being very careful with that. Yes. We had a few people drop out last minute. Yep. Uh, understandably. Oh, yeah. I appreciate the fact they did, but. Keep your sick ass home. That's the yeah. whole point of this. If you're sick, stay home. I think it was more of a better safe than sorry for both of them. Like, they were no, okay. Yeah. But, you know, yeah, like better safe than sorry for sure. Absolutely. And then we had, you know, a New Year's Rock and Eve murder show, and it turned out to be a lot of fun. It was so much fun. Yeah, it was a blast. So, yeah. you know. The it's funny because I don't think it will ever exist anywhere ever again. Yeah, but it was that's kind of the fun of those shows is it just happens once and then like it's just a memory unless we remember to tape it, which doesn't happen every show. Did it happen last show? I don't think so because our main camera person was not there. He was not. So I just assume it did not. I thought about it at the last minute and I was like, ooh, oh well. Yeah, (laughs) we'll see. Whatever happens, happens. There is one small video of us all stumbling through. Old Lang Sign. I hate that song. <laughs> Get out of here, Old Lang Sign. You're welcome. I like oh, the yeah. idea of us all trying to sing it because I knew we didn't know it. Oh, for sure. Like nobody yeah. knows the words of that song. I didn't even know it was called Old like Old Lang like whatever. It is. I just that's why I just started calling it Old Lang Sign. I'm like it's close enough. That is definitely close enough. Yeah, yeah. but it's just like one of those like I realize I'm just very against people trying to tell me how to feel on holidays. Rightfully so. That's fine. I'm like, I'm not going to sing this fucking song. I don't know what they're saying. I don't understand it. It's not, I don't know her. Well, and make whatever holiday, whatever it is for you. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we probably had the antithesis of of what some people think a a New Year's Eve should be, but I thought it was a a delight. Oh, no, it was great. It was, we subverted the audience expectations by doing it a day early. Yes. 
Oh no, I meant actual New Year's Eve though, because you, oh, you joined that too. me at my house with yes. a, a very small handful of people, and we played games, and it was delightful. It was. I introduced Jack to Jackbox games, and now I love them. I knew you would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we ate grapes. Yes, we ate grapes. There was other snacks as well. Yeah. Some dips and whatnot. I love a good dip. Yeah. Yeah. A classic um, holiday shrimp ring. Oh my gosh. Love a shrimp ring. Yeah. Love it. In fact, I'm getting another shrimp ring soon, I think. Hell yeah. I think that's just going to be a staple in my freezer. Just whenever you need one, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty, like, decent little snack. Like, it's, you know, yeah. you get that protein in and yeah. they're delicious. And they're on sale a lot, too. Yeah. So, if it's Why on not? sale. Why not? Right? Especially since it's in ring. the freezer. Just, like, you don't have to eat it right then. No. Yeah. So yeah, we are we are pro shrimping here on Detroit. Pro shrimping, yes. You heard Detroit, it here first. I said Detroit shrimp. Detroit shrimp. <laughs> Very uh, aggressive brand change. Yes. <laughs> we used to be a podcast, but now we just sell seafood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, have I ever told you? I probably have about the time I was buy, buying a shrimping at Aldi. No. Uh, when I when I tried stand up for that very brief time, this was in my my stand up act because, but this actually happened. There was a woman behind me, and she was very just into my shrimp ring, and she was like, "Oh yeah, shrimp ring. I, I love a good shrimp ring." And I was like, "Oh yeah, me too." She's like, "See what you do is you you open it up before people come over. You take half the shrimp out, you put them in a bag, you sprinkle Old Bay seasoning, and you shake it up." Then you reapply them to the shrimp ring, and now they're gourmet. I mean, that's a brilliant. It's a great idea, but her gourmet thing was to put seafood seasoning on seafood. Yeah, which- <laughs> yeah. Like, thanks for the. That's like you know these fries. You know how you step these fries up, add some ketchup, dip it. Yeah, in, exactly. Fucking blow everyone's mind. Yeah, not a bad idea. No, it's pretty practical, but also practical. it's not that revolutionary. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, shrimp rings. Shrimps. We got no shrimp rings today, though. No shrimp rings. No. Maybe next time. Yes. Maybe instead of a, a, a cocktail with episodes, we'll have shrimp. Uh, I don't know how often I'll participate in this in the shrimp strange. I don't know if you know this, but Minerva is getting in your Christmas tree. Girl, you have been so good all season. Now Christmas is over. What? Girl, what? <laughs> don't do that. Oh, we got her. We ra- We wrangled that cat. <laughs> Like literally all season. And now she's like, I'm going to be a shithead. But we actually aren't sipping on anything today, which is fine. It's, it's, you know, new year, new me. (laughs) Yes, that's exactly why. It has nothing to do with the fact that I forgot to think of anything. Or the fact that I like finished. I I had some couple partial bottles laying around yesterday that I finished. Oh, yeah. You know, for the yeah. good of New Year to me, I had to clean out my cupboards. Yeah. In a way. Fair. Yeah. But on a completely different note. Yes. Would you like to hear a story? I would love to hear a story. Okay, good. Because I have one. And this is one of those ones that I had no idea what I was getting into when I started. Because I actually started with a completely different story and found a new one instead. I love that it happens. I love this story. Have you ever heard of William Douglas Street Jr.? William Douglas Street Jr.? No. How about Chameleon or the Great Impersonator? No. Those are the other things he's known by. 
Okay. So in 2015, 64-year-old William Douglas Street Jr. was caught after being on the run for two years. Okay. Because in 2013, warrants were issued for his arrest after he used a fraudulent check to pay for $200 worth of dry cleaning and another fraudulent check to purchase a $7,000 Rolex watch in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Damn. Both checks include included a fake home address and phone number. Okay. Street evaded authorities for two years before they found him in Plymouth Township. I know her. Mm-hmm. But this was not his first time at the rodeo assuming a fake identity. Oh, no. He had many aliases over the years. Okay. So let's go back a little bit first, though. According to the movie Chameleon Street, which we'll get to a little bit later. Okay. He was born in Kentucky. At some point, his family eventually moved to Detroit. Not sure exactly when. Mm -hmm. But as a young man, he worked for his father in Detroit, helping to install burglar alarms in homes and businesses. Mm -hmm. But he always wanted a little bit more from life. In the early 70s, he was married to a very demanding woman who had a penchant for the finer things. Uh-huh. So she would basically bug him to get a better job so they could afford more and do more, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Street came up with a plan to earn a quick 50K. He'd extort it from a Detroit Tiger slugger, Willie Horton. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He basically claimed to have compromising photos of him with other women and not Ooh. his wife. He would later go on, and we'll we'll get into that story more specifically, but he would later go on to say, quote, That was the first time I found out how easy it was to get people to believe whatever you said as long as you said it right. Okay. So, how would he gain access to a Detroit Tiger? Said some things right, I'm guessing. Well, in 1971, he called general manager Jim Campbell and claimed to be Houston Oilers football team wide receiver Jerry Levius, which if I'm saying that wrong, I don't sport. We're not a sports podcast. He claimed to be Jerry Levius and he claimed that he was tired of football and wanted to try out baseball instead. Uh So the Tigers bought him a plane ticket. Not that he needed it because he was not in Houston. He was here. Yeah. And a uniform, and they had him pose for press photos once he got here. Oh, my God. Scam queen. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, Willie Horton, the the actual tiger, he went away for spring training to Lakeland, Florida. While he was gone, Street rang the doorbell to his house where Horton's wife stated that she was ill and couldn't answer the door. Street then allegedly dropped a note in the mailbox that read, quote, draw $200,000 from your bank account put it in a paper bag and small bills and turn it over to William Douglas Street Jr. He will in turn give you a briefcase with pictures, tapes, and records of your husband's incriminating dealings. Okay. The note didn't stop there, though. It went on to read, Do not contact anyone. He is ordered to kill you if you try to do anything. Your husband's life is at stake, as is yours and your children's lives. Damn. Mm Mm-hmm. It's thought that he was probably trying to make it sound as if he had photos of Willie Horton having an affair of some sort. Or something shady that people would want his life for. Somewhere around this time, someone from the UPI, United Press International, decided to call the Oilers to get a quote from them for an article. And this is when the scam was discovered. Uh He was not, in fact, Livius. He was a dude. Yeah. (laughs) 
So somewhere in 1971, he was arrested, and I believe he got out on $5,000 bail. Okay. Some of these, like, things shift around a little bit. This is the best I could kind of put together of when each thing happened. Because he was a man of mystery on purpose. This didn't stop him, though. This wasn't the last time. He tried again. So sometime in the very early 70s, he posed as a Harvard Medical School graduate and talked his way into a residency at Detroit's Wayne State University Medical School. Oh, good. Mm -hmm. He then took that gig and moved to Illinois, where he got a job at a Chicago hospital as a surgeon under an assumed name. Oh, my God. This is where he performed 36 hysterectomies before being discovered. 36? How did he even kind of know how to do a hysterectomy? Well. Did he just roll with it? Kind of. He was a very smart man, and that is actually comes up a few times that he was like a very intelligent man with He'd no formal to training. Be. But this might give you a little insight. The way that he was found out in this particular scam, a fellow doctor noticed that he would run back and forth. <laughs> they went in for a root canal, came out with a hysterectomy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the doctor noticed another doctor noticed that he would run back and forth to the men's room very often. And he was like, mm, that's kind of sus. Did he find like a textbook of how to do this in there? He found a stack of medical books that he had stashed and he found Douglas going through them. Yep. Mm -hmm. But seriously, he just put a bunch of books in there and learned how to do surgery. Damn. I'm all for teaching yourself how to do things, but that's a little far. That's too much. Too much. Too much. Please do not take my body parts unless you have legitimately gone through medical school. Like, surgery can't be a hobby. No. No, 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 no. Yeah. Nobody's a self-taught surgeon. No. But the con must go on. Yeah, absolutely. Just like the heart. Unless this guy was operating. Didn't then. Uh. (laughs) So next, he enrolled at Yale as an exchange student from Martinique. Cool. I don't know if you know much about Martinique. Do you know what language they speak? I think I went to high school with her. (laughs) Well, that is a French-speaking country. Okay. Did he know French? No. Baguette. Bonjour. You know. This motherfucker is bold. Mm -hmm. He also, around the same time, used fake credentials to land a job as a reporter for Time magazine. I believe to interview an athlete. Yep. But finally, he just moved back to Detroit. He's like a nice scam, enough scamming. Mm-hmm. Or no, just enough traveling, I guess. Yes. Or just escaping the most yeah. recent scam. Yeah. He was caught for some, we'll go over his uh, stats at the end. I don't know everything he was caught for and everything he wasn't. But yeah. once he was back in Detroit, it was somewhere around 1979, early 1980. Yeah. And he claimed he was an attorney. Eventually, he used this to become a staff member at the Detroit Human Rights Department. Mm-hmm. For three months. Later, it would be stated by them, quote, if he ever straightens out, we wouldn't mind having him back. So apparently he did a good job. At least, you know, he's good. He's good at faking it. Yep. And I don't know if you've noticed a pattern yet, but basically every time he got caught, he would just find a new thing to do. Yeah. And his undoing really happened in the early 80s when he attended a black tie fundraiser as one of his attorney personas. Love it. There he bumped into his now ex-wife, you know, the one who liked the finer things in life. Uh And she actually had since become a Jehovah's Witness. 
She was very quick to blow the whistle on him. And he went to serve time at the Kinross Correctional Facility and then the Jackson State Prison for credit card fraud and practicing medicine without a license. That's probably for the best, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So like I said, uh, there are many other things he did over the years. I do have a short list of them. Yes. For some of his cons, he did pose as a woman. Love it. He had three main aliases, one of them being this woman figure. I don't have a name, which is a huge bummer. I did yeah. look, but in 1970. <laughs> yes. In 1972, he posed as a University of Michigan all-star defensive linebacker. And he was actually picked to play in the North-South College All-Star Game in Miami in December of 1972. Okay. He might have also been a physician in the early 70s at Henry Ford Hospital. At a physician in quotation marks, because mm-hmm. he's about as much of a doctor as Dr. Pepper. Mm-hmm. Before he worked for the um, the human rights department in Detroit, he actually was a lawyer in Saginaw. Okay. When he was posing as a first-year med student at Yale in New Haven, Connecticut, he was on mass there when it was learned that the student he was impersonating was white and he was a black man, so that it didn't match up. Uh-huh. He also impersonated a West Point general. Okay. And probably many other things yeah. through the years. So the aftermath of it is in 2015, as mentioned earlier, he was found out again And Magistrate Judge Elizabeth Stafford commented, quote, He has proven himself to be extraordinarily resourceful in perpetuation of his schemes before she denied him bail. Uh Basically, if he got out on bail and was waiting, then he would just disappear. He knew how to do it. Right. But by September of 2015, he pled guilty to identity theft and mail fraud to avoid trial, which could result in him going to jail for 20 years. Mm -hmm. So he'd put in a plea instead. Okay. So this 2015 charge, we're going to go a little bit more into what he actually did. He took the identity of a Maryland man named William Ben Stratton, who also happened to be a U.S. Defense Department contractor. Okay. Yes. So this man was the vice president of a technology company called ClearShark, which sounds made up, but it's true. Technology companies, Mm -hmm. though, they've got some pretty terrible names sometimes. And this man had graduated from Duke University and the U.S. Military Academy. Basically, Street had sent away for replacement diplomas from Duke and transcripts from Duke and the Military Academy. And he also obtained a class ring. He like reordered a class ring with this man's He's name on method. it. method. Yeah. He also obtained a fake military ID. And he even spoke at an alumni event as Stratton. Oh, my God. He also put a he fake fully <laughs> commits to the bit and yeah. I love it. He also put um a fake resume on careerbuilder.com to look for a job. Okay. Which is reported later didn't really work. Uh we'll get to that in a second. And why this man? Well, basically, he kind of stepped into whatever he saw an opportunity to do. And he had learned about this man after reading about him in an article about a Green Beret marathon that the man was running. Uh-huh. So he said, Yep, him. I'll be him. Mm-hmm. So I do have a couple. I have some transcripts from the court because I just think they're fun. Yes. Basically, they go like this. Street. I went online and conducted research into the individual's background. Judge. Did you steal that person's identity? Street. Yes. Judge. What did you use it for? Street. 
I used Stratton's identity to avoid being arrested for writing a bad check for a $7,000 Rolex watch from an Ann Arbor jeweler. Other than that, I didn't use it. Well, maybe not in person. He goes on to talk about putting the resume on Career Builder, and he also posed as Stratton at the alumni event as well. Yeah. However, his attorney pointed out that the resume didn't yield lucrative offers. The best job offer he got was to sell insurance. Okay. Yep. You make a great insurance salesman. Mm -hmm. That's what it sounds like. So as mentioned earlier, at age 64 in 2015. I'm just imagining trying to sell a pitch of life insurance. Like, what if, you know, someone operates on you who's not licensed and your patient dies? What do you want? You want insurance that covers that? (laughs) Sorry. No, no, no. Please, please, please. So this all resulted in February 2016, him being sentenced at three years after he gave the the plea deal. Mm -hmm. And. Again, had he gone to trial, it would have been at least 20, probably. Over his 46 plus years as a con artist, he racked up 25 criminal convictions, many arrests, at least 11 prison sentences, Uh one jail break. Love it. His cons spanned over Illinois, California, Florida, and Michigan, amongst others. And at least three aliases. He has been described as, quote, a man of high intelligence, but little formal education. It's kind of, I mean, if he's doing surgery, running back and forth between books. Yeah. I managed to do 36 of them. Yeah. And that's, that's just insane. like one career he got. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like out of many. And they were all like a lawyer. They're like, like they white collar like, careers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So of himself, he states, quote, The nightmare part of it is that there is no me, no Doug Street in the picture. I am the sum of my parts, but all of my parts are somebody else. Where's me, man? Damn. Yeah, it's very sad. Yeah. It doesn't end here, though. Ooh, okay. His story kind of ends here, but I want to go on to Chameleon Street, the art of the con. The tagline to this movie is, I think, therefore, I scam. Love it. When year did this come out? It came out in 1989, 1990. Okay. So this movie is a uh, independent movie. Okay. It was created, written, and the lead was played by Wendell B. Harris Jr. Okay. Wendell B. Harris Jr. was a, or is a Juilliard graduate. And the film itself was shot in 35 millimeter and funded by his parents and a group of Flint businessmen. Mm-hmm. Basically... Harris read a 1985 article in the Detroit Free Press about Street, which actually some of my quotes today have come from as well. Yeah. And he was immediately kind of like just drawn, drawn into the story. Yeah. So he spent three years when Street was at the Jackson prison interviewing him. Uh-huh. He also plays him in the film. Uh-huh. I haven't seen it. It is available on Amazon to stream in some places, uh-huh. but we'll get to the reason why it's a little hard to find and why it's sort of available to find now. Okay. Uh, I did watch the like previews for it and I watched clips from it and I watched yeah. some interviews with Wendell and I am probably going to watch more because I'm intrigued. Yeah. It's a, it's a big, the bigger statement of the movie is really about race and class. Yeah. And he saw that statement, which is why he went for it. He also saw it as a great acting role. Mm-hmm. And 
when he went to go meet with Street, Street was like in right away. He took no convincing. And like I said, he interviewed him for three years to mm. really get to know his story. The film went on to win the Grand Jury Award in the 1990 Sundance Film Festival. Nice. Yeah. A press release in 2008 from the Sundance Film Festival described it as, quote, one of the first films to examine how mellifluously race, class, and role-playing morph into the social fabric of America. Interesting. So it was doing like fairly well. It was Wendell's first and only film. Uh, so some people did criticize it for structure. Yeah. And it moves very fast and it's a little bit chaotic from what I understand. Yeah. But also such as probably the life of somebody who's conning. Right. Because that's it's it's a back and forth kind of always right. thing. And it was not distributed as a result. And a lot of times coming out of Sundance, people will get distribution through yeah. somewhere. Yeah. He did get a small release of it. I'm not sure exactly how, but there were some snooty reviews, as mentioned. Mm. And Harris ended up moving to Hollywood and he sold the remake rights to Warner Brothers. Which has done nothing with them since, I'm guessing. Nothing came of that. Yeah. So, and he went to pitch meeting after pitch meeting and this and this and that. And he wasn't against it being remade. Like yeah. he was totally fine with that. It just never happened. And it w went a bit underground until okay. 2021. Bah, bah, bah. This is when it was remastered in 4K and it was shown at the 59th New York Film Festival about three months ago. Interesting. And it was also shown at BAM, the Brooklyn Academy of Music, uh -huh. in the past few months as well. Or year. I don't know exactly. Yeah. But like I mentioned, it is now streaming in Amazon in some locations. Apparently here is not one of them. I will stream it the second I can. Yeah, one of those private VPNs or, you know. Got to figure it out. Yeah. All those like, like YouTubers have like Nordic VPN. <laughs> that's, that's above my. Yeah. Pay grade. <laughs> VPN. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, I understand what a VPN is, but that just. Yeah, no. It's much to figure out. No, for sure. I like that seems like a lot of effort to mm -hmm. watch something. Well, I mean, I don't know. The fact that it just started gaining like this traction a few months ago makes it's me exciting. think something yeah. will come of it as yeah. far as either more distribution or perhaps there will be a remake. And Wendell was interviewed when it was at the New York Film Festival. Like there is a bunch of streams and things like that with him. Uh -huh. So, you know, it'd be really cool if he had a hand in it again. And actually, the the remastering is really cool because I watched the old trailer mm. and the new one, which the ones available on Amazon right now are the not remaster version. So I'm almost wondering if when the remastered is available, they might bring that one out. Yeah. But it is kind of crazy to see, like, what they were able to do. Yeah. And, like, I didn't even know you could do that, <laughs> to be honest. Like, it's crazy. It looks really good. Yeah. So I do want to end, though, with... One of the Rotten Tomato reviews. Yes. Because, of course, I had to look this up on Rotten Tomato. Absolutely. And I just realized I should probably see who wrote this. Critic Dmitry Samarov from the Chicago Reader says, quote, Harris, who wrote, directed, and starred, uses the story of a man possessed of a unique ability to morph into whatever those he comes into contact with want him to be as a trenchant exploration of the Black experience in America. So huh. it's, again, it's a lot about identity. Yeah. The movie even explores the identity a little bit more. And one of the lines from actually the thing I did watch and the, yeah. the character says is, when I meet somebody I know within the first two minutes who they want me to be. 
Interesting. Man, mm-hmm. I really want to see this movie now. I hope it like gets out there a bit more. I hope so too. I would really like to see it just if for nothing else, the historical, you know, right. the, the, the historical nature of it. And obviously it is, it's a movie. It's biographical, but also it's a move, you know, right. written as a movie. Right. So it's not going to be completely. But I think this exploration of identity in this way is very interesting. Uh, and also this, this exploration of, you know, race yeah. is very interesting to see. Uh, and I don't know. I just, I want to see how it's done. Yeah, no, for sure. And I want to, I want to learn more about Douglas Street's story too. Yeah. And most of the articles I found were very similar to each other. So I I really, I want to watch this movie because obviously, I mean, he talked to him for three years. Yeah. I want to see where those three years kind of right. developed Right. Talk into. about like really getting to know the characters, like. Yeah, I would like. I've been thinking a lot about biopics recently because I watched the Being the Ricardos like one and a half times now. Okay, yeah. And just like thinking about because like in that movie it portrays like three big events happening in one film week. Which, oh, like, interesting. Okay. Those three things did happen to them, but it wasn't all one week. Yeah, yeah. And just like thinking about how like people who adapt people's life stories to film and like kind of like they do kind of have to mash it into the movie formula and also kind of like someone's recollections of an event isn't mm-hmm. necessarily going to be like, and then Harriet walked over here and said this, mm-hmm. you know? A biographical film is not a documentary. Absolutely. It's based on true events because they don't have like a recording of the live events a lot of the time. So it's hard to recreate something yeah. when you're just going off of like accounts or whatever. Like, oh, not to go back to this again, because I was obsessed, but the assassination of Versace. Yes. that That's the same thing too, where, there was a lot of conversations in that. And it even had like a thing at the end, every episode where it said like, this is based on like a true story. And while this isn't necessarily exactly word for word, what happened, this is the closest to word for word construction that we can get based on the information that we have. So like the dialogue was informed by actual history and actual things they do know, but then there's just some things you don't know sometimes. It's kind of just like history provides a skeleton and then the mm-hmm. writers have to come in and fill in the bits between the facts and things we know. Yeah. Or sometimes look at it, look at the structure of it yeah. and make it, you know, fit yeah. the structure of like you're talking about a movie or a show or like whatever the case may be. It has to fit into right certain parameters, too. So they fit the facts into a skeleton and they build the story on the skeleton. Mm-hmm. But you are still exposed to things you might not have yeah. been exposed to otherwise. Like in the case of of this movie, Chameleon Street, I just, I want to know more about this story. Yeah. That's how I felt with the, being the Ricardos too, of just like Lucy mm-hmm. and Ricky. I want, these are people I want to know more about. And I think biopics are a good way to kind of, while oh, that might sure. not be that actual person, it's based on mm-hmm. things that happen in our life and like people, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and I like this too. A lot of uh, things I saw in reference to the, the Chameleon Street movie, they were talking about, um, you know, he really is an anti-hero in it. Yeah. But I also kind of think that about him anyway. Like, yeah. I'm not mad at anything. I mean, the extortion of the the baseball player's wife maybe wasn't cool with the whole, like, I'm going to kill you all. Right. I don't appreciate that. But, like, other than that, it was just, like, a really He's just, like, riding people's fucking person. Yeah. Like, kind of just seeing... He was kind of just like letting people's assumptions kind of like, he was just like, yeah, I'll lean into what you think about me. Yeah. I may have lied to get there, but. 
Yeah. So I'm very uh, intrigued. And also I could not find information about where he is today because technically I believe he would be out of Jackson. Yeah, um, I don't know. But I don't know. But it, I I hope I hope he's well. Yeah. Right, right on, Scam Queen, right on. Yes. So that is the story of um, the chameleon. Yeah. Now I'm forgetting his real name because there's so many other things that happened. Douglas Street Jr. Well, it's hard because he's like, he, he definitely has a name, but how often did he even use it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I like the chameleon. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for that story. I love hearing about a scam queen, you know? Yeah. My pleasure. Again, yeah. never knew about any of that. So I was excited to read about it. And if anybody has ever read anything else, let me know. Or has seen the movie by chance. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not likely, but we could f- maybe find someone. You never know. Mm. Again, I have a I have a good gut feeling that it will be available. Yeah. If they've like gone through the, if they've gone through the hassle of remastering it, mm-hmm. someone's going to want it. I hope so. Yeah. I, th- it's, I think we're getting to a time when like a lot of things that weren't available digital before are mm-hmm. starting to become more vig- available digitally. Mm-hmm. Which speaking of which, I have a small correction corner. Yes, yes, yes. Go with it. Uh, I do believe in our last classic episode, uh, I mentioned that the movie 200 Cigarettes was not available on DVD. I have fin- since found that is not true as I received a, a secret copy of it in the mail. Uh, it is made now but it wasn't before i was not wrong about that there yeah. was years where years and years where it was no, not available so it's crazy how that happens so just sometimes it's like oh and now it's magically available i'm wrong because it happened with me and like um drop dead gorgeous is i was like it's not available anywhere i had to buy it on target and then like two months later i was like no you can it, it's like it's on amazon there. now i'm like oh <laughs> okay well i'll say 200 cigarettes is still not streaming to my yeah knowledge. yeah but this is a step towards it. Yes. If it's available, then people are like, well, why isn't it available digitally? I mean, I got a new DVD. I'm I'm set for a while. So. Yeah. 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 Well, during your correction corner, I was able to pull up my tooth, truth, and a lie. Yes. And I decided to, in honor of the season two of The Witcher coming out, to do it on Henry Cavill. Okay. Which I haven't watched season two yet. Have you? It just came out? Then No. Yeah, I, I heard that it came out. I haven't watched it yet. Okay, I should, because I did like the first season, but then, like, I kind of burned hard and bright for The Witcher, and, like, now I'm like, okay, I'll get to it when I get to it. I liked the first season, but I do feel like I did kind of, like, dip off towards the end of it, and I don't actually know what happened in the end of it. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie... I watched it because I had dated somebody years ago who played the video game. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is actually fun to watch somebody play this game. Yeah. Which, like, I'm not usually into, but I was like, oh, this is fun. I might have liked watching the video game more. You know, I'm there with you because honestly, like, when I say I burned bright and hard is I started watching the show and then, like, I got one of the books, which I didn't read because I got the video game and I was like, oh, this is the best version of this. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if season two is in my future or not. I hope Trixie and Katya watch it and like. Oh, yeah, that would be I would watch that. Or just like a sizzle reel of just all the shots of Henry Cavill. That's sure, all I want yeah. from The Witcher 2 is just like, just give me all the shots of Henry Cavill. It's uh, like my boss was talking about him today. Really? Yeah. She loves him. Oh. Uh, Something we have in common. Yes. But my two truths and a lie are about him. Okay. 
It was a long way to get there, but we got there. We, we had to always appreciate. get there eventually. I know. So fact number one, he ignored the call from Zack Snyder telling him he got the part of Superman because he was playing World of Warcraft. Okay. Fact number two, he adopted a fruit bat and named it Ben. I hope that's true. Fact number three, he once played Kaniki in a production of Grease. Oh, shoot. These are all very believable. Right. And I'll just make you love them that much more. I think I'm going to be wrong, but I'm going to go with one just based on the fact that there were so many parts to it. No, that's true. Okay. He was playing World of Warcraft, which is like an online game, so you can't really pause it. I was hoping he was playing The Witcher. No. No. He has played The Witcher, though. Okay. Yeah. Because every interview about Somebody The Witcher, and he's like, yeah, I actually didn't know there were books. I just played the video game, and then someone told me there were books, and I was like, oh, I guess I should read those. Because <laughs> he's just, he's a big old nerd. He's a big old I nerd. I respect that, yeah. Yeah, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, now I have to guess one of the other ones. Yeah. Uh, Knicky and Grease are a fruit, na- fruit bat named Well, I'm going to go with three just because I want number two to be true. I'm probably wrong. Number three is the lie. Oh, okay. He played Sonny. Oh, the yeah. the nerdier friend. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. Right? Okay, good for him. Yeah, and then the fruit bat is true. It was a Livingstone's fruit bat, which is like a specific species of bat, and he adopted it for the Durrell Wildlife Conservation to raise awareness for the endangered species. Aw. And he named it uh, Ben because he named it after his Spider-Man versus Batman co-star, Ben Affleck. Oh, that's adorable. Right? I'm, yeah. Can, couldn't you just? Could just. And here's some honorable mentions just okay. to make you love him even more. Sure. He is fluent in four languages, English, Spanish, French, and Italian. Good for him. He auditioned for Bond when he was 22, but ultimately lost the role to Craig, like Daniel Craig. Okay. They were like, back in then, like the mid-2000s, they were like, you're too young for this role. So I'm hoping maybe this time around. Yeah. Because I would love to see him as Bond. I would love to see it. Yeah. Yeah. But he lost out because he was too young. Then he was considered for the role of Cedric Diggory. This is earlier, obviously, but mm-hmm. ultimately they went to Robert Pattinson because he was considered too old for the role. Oh, Yeah. That's how it goes with roles sometimes, though. Right. But also, not to lose another part to Robert Pattinson, he was Stephanie Meyer's pick for Edward in Twilight. I had a feeling you were going there. <laughs> yeah. Poor Henry Cavill. He's uh, gotten a lot of no's, but he's gotten some great yeses. I think that's okay, though, too. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's better to be like the sleeper hit to a certain extent. Right. He's doing okay now. Yeah, he's do- he's doing great. Which is two more fun facts. Yeah. He loves to dance after a few drinks. That was one of the facts. Good for him. And I was like, love that about him. The worst fun fact is that he's straight. So if science could just figure out how to clone him and make him gay. That's fair. Yeah. That's your loss is my gain. No, I'm I know. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. We both had such a good shot with Henry Cavill until this moment. <laughs> but now that he's straight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's okay. You've got some you've got some good choices out there in, in celebrity world, I'm sure. Oh yeah. 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 Love a celebrity crush. Oh yeah. The best part about them is they don't have to actually be available or anything you want. Right. <laughs> Hasn't stopped him from reading my wallpaper once or there twice. There you go. Exactly. But yeah, I think that that kind of wraps us up. Yeah. I think think we we are are wrapped up like the end of a con. Yes, we are. (laughs) And if you want to follow us, 
You can find us on our social media accounts at Detroit Strange on Instagram and Twitter, Detroit Strange on Facebook, and our email address, DetroitStrange at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And if you want to support the show, as always, you know, subscribing doesn't hurt. A nice little review. We love those. Yeah. They make our day. You can also head over to Patreon. We've got that going on. And we've also got our Threadless shop. Yeah. So, you know, lots of ways. Or just, you know, send us an email. I know we already mentioned it, but we love it. Yeah. Let us know well, what you're up to, what's happening. Yeah. DM us, all the things. Right. That's, yeah. That's it. Do it. Yeah. All the cool kids are. Right. <laughs> but I think. Until next time. Stay strange. This has been a production of Planet Ant Podcast, powered by Pinecast. Our theme song was recorded by Detroit's own Stacks and Violence.